Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Di Foster. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Di Foster, who is a property investor and executive leadership coach, and uh, we are very proud to call her an Opus Partners client. And today, we are going to be talking about the different motivations to get into property based on the sort of generation you're in. So Di is really interesting because she has uh, convinced or cajoled her family to get into property and get exposed to property. So right now, I believe, Di, that you're helping your niece and nephew to to get into property or you're warming them up. Definitely warming them up. Warming them up. Starting the conversation, hand-holding them into going to some of the seminars, starting the conversation. Awesome. And then you've also got your dad who has just invested in property himself. Yeah, so mum and dad have always had businesses and some commercial property. So now it's just, you know, sometimes in life you cash up a little bit. So it's just about setting them up going forward to make sure that they're, you know, they're in a good position to maintain the capital that they have. Awesome. So we're going to talk about the different motivations, the different concerns, uh, and I suppose the different conversations that you're having uh, with these three generations. We'll talk about about the young ones, you and Steve, and then uh, your parents as well. So let's start with your niece and nephew. What are some of the conversations you're having to, to warm them up, to get them interested in the property market? The first conversation is around paying student loans back. Don't do it. Don't what? Don't pay them back? <laughs> yeah, don't pay your student loan back <laughs> because, um, you know, if they've got some cash or if they're, you know, if they're going to get some cash or whatever the case may be, you know, um, they're quite good savers, don't throw it into paying the student loan back. It's an interest-free loan and as long as they're in New Zealand, that's okay. So don't be paying that back too quickly. So the thing for me is looking at um, my niece and nephew, they... Things are so different than when I first bought my house at 21, which is 26 years ago. It is so different. You know, I bought my first house for $85,000 and I thought that was a lot of money. I had a deposit of $12,000, you know, so, and, and I thought that that was a big step. But it's so different for these guys. And so the conversations are around not trying to get rid of your student loan, but using that money that you would have to be much more smarter for the future so I feel that the best thing that they can do is get exposure to the property market as quickly as possible. And I think a big one there as well is that letting them know that they don't have to live in it. I imagine this is a big one as well because we all grow up thinking that oh well you know it's this great New Zealand dream is that we'll all buy our own homes and live in them and and that's a that's a real sign that you're adulting. Yeah it's it's such a big thing and I've really it's taken me a while, uh, but I've really got my head around the fact that absolutely categorically you don't want to be living in your first property. You, you know, these kids are more transient, they're professionals, you know, goodness knows where they're going to live, so why hold them to that and then buying and selling houses because they move? Why not buy a property, get the gains out of it, buy the right property first and foremost, and then you can just, you can be more whimsical about where you choose to live. I think that's definitely true because these guys are, are 23 and 19. Who knows where they're going to be in, in five years? They may have changed cities three or four times. Well, they would have at least changed cities twice, I would have imagined. So absolutely. And, you know, we all know, well, at least I do, buying and selling houses when it's your own house is quite a stressful thing to do. And if you're trying to sell your house and move, and quite often these relationship changes that go in the mix of that, incredibly stressful if you're just moving 
and not doing the transaction of buying and selling a house at the same time, way less stress. So if you are going to be moving cities and things like that, I think it's a great thing. And also I just think that we just want exposure to the property market as soon as we can. And I think in, if you can get in in your 20s, that is amazing. I think I totally identify with the, the, the transients. I've moved over the last 12 months twice. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's really indicative of of how young people uh, live and the lifestyle that they choose to live now. Where where that's really valued, the ability to move if that's what what you're looking for. But you still need exposure to the property market um, so that you get those gains. And I think the other thing that it does is that if you're if you're buying an investment property, that's great and that's over the side. And if you're renting, then chances are you're only going to be renting a room. So you don't get caught up in the whole, I need big furniture and I need a whole house full of furniture. You just, you can live more, you know, minimalistically, which I think is a really key factor as well. Yes, you're describing my life right now, Di. Uh, <laughs> now, let's talk, let's talk about you and Steve for a minute. Yep. Because you guys are in your 40s. Uh, Steve's in his fifties. Oh, okay. I, was, I was about to check that. So, uh, so you guys are forties, fifties. What sort of concerns did you did you guys have? Well, we talked about vacancy already in the last one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big concerns is, you know, when I was twenty one and I bought my first house and it was eighty five thousand dollars. You know, when you're buying a property now and it's half a million, it's like, ouch. You know, that that's a big sum of money. You know for me to get my head around. That's a big sum of money for me to get my head around. And I think that vacancy is one thing because it was the unknown for us, you know, the business side of it, but also just the the lending on on such a big asset. I can I can certainly imagine because it's interesting being a, a younger person myself. You see houses for five hundred k or whatever, and that's what it's always bang. Or, or for as long as we've been observing the market, yeah. these are the sort of numbers that have been there. I now look at, at data from the years that I was born and think, how are houses ever that cheap? I know, and I, you know, the thing is, 1960s, a house was something like twice the, you'll know these figures better than me, but the, the average house price was something like twice the average income. That meant that if you wanted to get married and work your butt off for three or four years, you could probably almost pay off a house in that time. And then you could go on and have children and have a comfortable life. We don't have those choices now. So we have to live differently and we have to think more strategically. Steve and I have even had the conversation of do we sell our house and and go and rent ourselves. Ah, very interesting. And where, where have you come on that one? We have decided... Um, We've decided to keep our house because we absolutely love it and take risks in other ways. Yes, that's yes. That's our choice. And I think that that's... That's a perfectly valid choice because it's a, it's, it's a lifestyle choice. It's it a personal choice. It's not a business choice. And um, as long as you know that, that's fine. That's exactly right. But having said that, you know, we did have quite a, a larger home that we downsized to and, and again, got rid of so much of our stuff and our furniture and everything to live in a more minimalistic way that reflects our lifestyle and the life that we want to live. So we have consciously downsized because we just didn't want to keep up with anybody else. We just wanted to, you know, there's only three of us in our little house and, and the Muppet. Um, so we just wanted something that, that housed us and not anybody else's expectations. And I think it's really interesting that if we look at the three generations, the young, the young ones need to, need to be convinced that actually you don't need to live in it, 
and we need to you know just deal with that concern um, for your and Steve's generation. It's this idea about uh, uh, around not having to put so much cash in the in the property that it's going to significantly affect your current lifestyle. You know that's why we're talking about vacancy, i.e., not having a tenant in there. And then um, for your parents, it, it was about this idea of taking on debt. And I think this is indicative of what you said about back in the sixties. You know you could really work to to pay off your mortgage in a very short space of time. But I know that you've had some conversations about taking on debt with with your father is that right yeah I think the thing is that there's lots of ways to um, to structure to structure what you want to do and Andrew has been incredible at Andrew has an incredible strategic brain to think about things a little bit differently and so he's really pushed the boundaries on you know what we might want to do with mum and dad and you know what we're trying to do there is it's amazing how you know People could, can potentially live for a very long time, and while my parents are in their seventies, they're reasonably inexpensive at this point in time. <laughs> I hope Dad doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Hi, Mum. So He's going to say that you were a very expensive child, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So they're reasonably inexpensive at this point in time. But as you get older, you do you can get quite expensive with care and that type of thing. So it's about sort of again, it always for me, comes back to choices, trying to maintain as much capital as one possibly can and, you know, taking strategies to, to compensate for, for those types of things in the future. And as I said, Andrew has been incredible strategically with all three of those generations and coming up with strategies for that. And something you said to me before uh, we, we pressed record for this podcast, which I found really interesting, was that for, for the young ones... It's really about them right now, about trying to get them into property on their own. And then what did you say about about, about you and your parents? So, you know, it, that's exactly right. For the young ones, it's about them. It's about them having independent, independent wealth. And for Steve and I, it's about having a comfortable life and hopefully leaving something for our son Jackson. And for mum and dad, it's about how do they get a fantastic life, leave something for their children and possibly even a third generation. Fantastic. I think that's really, really interesting because this is kind of, we often talk about these kind of three generations um, on this podcast, you know, through a lot of our content. Um, and it's kind of just an abstraction because we're talking about generations generally, whereas here we can kind of see it within the conversations that you're having uh, with, with, with your family. And we can, it kind of personalises it a whole lot more and, and reminds us that it's actually real. Yeah, totally, and I think it's a it's a really interesting process to to go through. And again, you know, I've just been incredibly grateful because I don't think any of our family are particularly um, hands on with property. You know, they're not going to be the type of people that want to, you know, tenant their own places. So all of the the services that you know um, people like Opus provide are incredibly beneficial for I know for our family. Oh, fantastic! And that's very kind pitch, of wasn't it? that's very kind of you to say. And actually, the next one that I think um, would quite like to record will be because uh, I know you've done it by yourself as well. You know, the DIY versus done for you approach. So we'll get onto that in the next episode. Awesome. Uh, but while you're here, please don't forget to 
subscribe, rate and review the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And of course, if you do want to learn more about property investment or buying your first home actually, uh, then why not sign up for one of our video courses? We've got a free property investment video course which you can sign up for at opuspartners.co.nz or we have a first home buyers video course just released a few weeks ago which has a special launch price of $9 down from $99 and you can sign up for that at Opus First Home. That's O-P-E-S firsthome.co.nz. But until next time... Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Di Foster. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily insights, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.